Please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. It can be found on page 614 of the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, the writer of Proverbs gives some parental advice on the wisdom of trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My child, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves the one he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. It can be found on page 7 of the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Jesus speaks about the persistence of prayer and how God, as our loving Heavenly Father, shows both his goodness and his greatness in answering our prayers. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone, or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please do be, be seated. It's rather fitting, isn't it, on this Father's Day. I don't know if you can also see this if you're watching online, but it's very floral in here, isn't it? Rather fitting. 
I sent a picture of it to someone and they said, ooh, so macho for Father's Day. Here we go, lovely and floral. Let's pray. So Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity in you today we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me begin by telling you a story of two bridges. Here are the two bridges now. You should be able to see them just about as they appear on the screen, and you should be able to also see them also online. There we go. Anybody know where the two bridges are? No? Look at the, where do you think the one on the left is? Sydney. Yeah, anyone ever been to Sydney Harbour Bridge? Put your hand up. There we go. We'll have a bit of audience participation. Some of you have been. Uh, what about the bridge on the right? Anyone been to the bridge on the right? Where is it? That's right. Well done, Teresa. It's in Middlesbrough. It's the Transporter Bridge, one of only two in the UK that you go across. Anybody know what the connection is between these two bridges? They were both made in Middlesbrough. There you go, they were both made from Middlesbrough steel. There you go. But anybody really know what the connection is between the two bridges? And lots of bridges for that. I've given you a clue. It's written there. It's rather obvious. Rust. That's right. Both of these bridges suffer from a problem of rust. Thanks, Barry. You can take it down now. Both of these problems suffer from a, from a problem of rust. You see, when the rust first appeared on these bridges, it wasn't really a problem. It's kind of like when rust appears, might appear on our car or it might appear on a piece of metal. It isn't really a problem. It only becomes a problem over time. And what happens is the rust starts to corrode the metal. So much so that both of those bridges have a real problem with rust that it damages their structural integrity. In other words, they could collapse, they could warp, they could fall down, they could be unsafe. And in the same way, rust is a spiritual problem. That if we neglect rust, it can cause a real problem. And so the message this morning is trust is a must, don't let it rust. Trust is a must, don't let it rust. Because rust can damage us spiritually. It can damage the structural integrity of our lives. Namely, our trust in our loving Heavenly Father. That first reading that was read for us was from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains hundreds of short statements of practical truths about how to live our lives trusting in God. And in the first part of the book of Proverbs, if you like, there's a series of, we could call it parental advice. We could say from a father to a son, we could say from a parent to a child, about how to live their life wisely, trusting in God. And we heard read perhaps the most famous verses in the book of Proverbs. Maybe if you only know 
these particular verses in Proverbs, you will know these ones. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. On this Father's Day, one of the best ways to ensure that we make sure that our trust in our loving Heavenly Father doesn't rust is by remembering the words of Jesus in our gospel reading. By keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, praying to him. Nicky Gumbel, who founded the Alpha Course, said this about prayer. Prayer is the most important activity of our lives. It's the way in which we develop a relationship with our Father in heaven. Because every meaningful relationship is based upon trust. Recently, Peter German, the, one of the surveillance here, went to see his own father and his mother, who he hadn't seen for four years. If you don't know, they live in New Zealand. And so, because I knew he was going to be taking not one, but two long plane journeys, I kind of thought I'd be kind and give him a book to read. Isn't that thoughtful of me? So if ever you're taking a long plane journey, let me know, and I'll give you a book to read as well. It's not a long book. Anyway, at some stage while he was kind of halfway across the world, still in the air, he sent me an email, as you can do these days, on, on aeroplanes. And he wrote down for me the part of the book that really impacted him. And it said these words. Prayer is arguably the most objective measurement of our dependence upon God. Think of it this way. The things you pray about are the things you trust God to handle. The things you neglect to pray about are the things you trust you can handle on your own. The things you pray about are the things you trust God to handle. The things you neglect to pray about are the things you trust you can handle on your own. And in Jesus' teaching on prayer, he kind of gave us three important ways that we can ensure our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust. Here's the first way that we can ensure that our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust. By persisting in prayer with our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Each of those three verbs, ask, search, knock, they're commands. And not only are they commands, they're given in the present tense, implying that we keep on asking, keep on searching. Keep on finding. And there's something about the intensity of those three verbs, don't they? They kind of accelerate. Because it takes more effort to search than to ask. And of course, when we think about that, Jesus says, keep on, keep on, keep on praying. It doesn't mean that, that God's deaf. Or it doesn't mean that God's distracted or it doesn't mean that God's asleep that we have to wake up. Neither does it mean that God is reluctant to answer because God delights in spending time with us. 
The purpose of prayer isn't to change God, it's to change us. Because through it we become the best version of ourselves. And our trust in God grows. When we persist in prayer, our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust. Here's the second way in which we can ensure our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust. By holding on to the promises of God in prayer. Did you notice those promises? For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who searches, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. They're universal, aren't they? It doesn't say for me if I ask or if you ask. It says for everyone who asks. Of course, Jesus' words don't mean that then our prayers will be answered necessarily the way that we might expect. Because that would make prayer a bit like watching Aladdin, wouldn't it? Where all we've got to do is rub our magic prayer lamp. And we're Aladdin and Jesus is, is the genie who comes out the bottle and just grants our request. Neither does Jesus' statement mean that if our prayer isn't answered the way that we might expect, that we haven't prayed hard enough or that we haven't believed passionately enough. What it does mean is this, God knows best because he's the sovereign Lord God Almighty. As Peter would go on to write in that email to me, he said this, our prayerlessness reveals our pride. When we don't pray, we're just neglecting a spiritual discipline. We're giving ourselves a promotion we don't deserve. We're daring to play God. You see, when we hold on to the promises of God in prayer, we ensure our trust in God is a must, and it doesn't rust. And here's the final way that, that we see and ensure that our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust by remembering the provision of God in prayer. Because God loves and wants to give us good things because he's good. He's our loving heavenly father. And to illustrate this point, Jesus then goes on to tell a short parable, doesn't he, in, in this particular part of the Sermon on the Mount. And to those who were listening, many of whom would have been fathers, there would have been lots of parents there, some mothers there as well. He told a story, didn't he, of saying to them, he said, well, if one of your children, if one of your children comes and asks you for a piece of bread, would you give them something inedible instead, like a stone? Or if one of your children comes and asks you for some fish, would you give them something harmful, like a snake? The implication of the answer being, duh, of course not. And then Jesus would go on to say this, you know, there comes a point in every child's life, doesn't there, where they realize that their dad isn't perfect. My children have not reached that stage yet. But there comes that point. Well, Jesus says, if you who are sinful know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your loving, perfect Heavenly Father give you good gifts? In fact, 
the best gifts. You see, when we remember God's provision to us in prayer is good, we'll ensure our trust in God remains a must and it doesn't rust. So on this Father's Day, as we remember that God will do everything that he's promised, that his love for you and me is eternal, and he will complete the work in us that he has begun. Let us remember these three things, to be persistent in prayer, to keep on, keeping on, keeping on, asking, searching, finding. Let us remember and hold on to the promises of God in prayer, that God can, for everyone who asks, for everyone who searches, for everyone who finds, and let us remember the provision of God in prayer. That not only God can, but God cares. That way, we will ensure the structural identity of our lives. The trust in our loving Heavenly Father will remain a must, and it won't rust. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.